Welcome to the Press Plane Run podcast, the podcast for runners that don't really know they're runners, put a stick on their trainers, press play and run just in case. So whether you're dragging yourself off the couch or taking your first tentative steps in running, or you're one of those weird people in vests at the front of the pack, we look forward to joining you every other week on your long runs to keep you company and entertained. Until then, your only job is to press play and run. Welcome to episode 9 of Press Play and Run. Quite delighted to be saying welcome to episode 9 because that means we've not been cancelled yet so this has gone swimmingly better than I might have hoped for in the beginning. Today's intro is going to be quite a short one, mainly because I don't have much to tell you. It's been a bit of a deload week for me in my training plan and I've been feeling a wee bit under the weather so my runs have been not much to write home about but we have still been out there getting them done and I'm trying to get myself right now for the next three week block of my Edinburgh Marathon plan which is really beginning to ramp up now in terms of distance so I think at the 16 miler at the weekend and we're creeping up towards those 18 20 milers and 22 milers over the next three weeks so they will be looming large in the head but I'm enjoying them despite feeling a wee bit rough. Last weekend I had uh, the most amazing opportunity to go to a Lululemon run retreat and I want to thank Jenny and Amy from the Glasgow store of Lululemon for inviting me uh, for the experience and the chance to connect with so many fantastic people. I also want to thank Amanda and Stevie, I'll, I will link to their Insta profiles as well so that people can see them, for the two great workshops that they delivered on mindset and sort of breathing exercises. I'm not going to go in uh, too much to it in the intro because I touch on them in the episode with today's guest who was also there. It was a brilliant event and as I said I made loads of new connections with people from the running community and a whole host of different experiences in running, so trail runners, I think there was some CrossFit type uh, people there and some PTs, so it was really really good to get different perspectives on running. But I also had the chance to meet up with some former podcast guests, some of them for the first time in person. So I was joined by Alison Jardin, my, my friend from episode 1 and Jenna McCallion was also there, episode two, and we had Bob Burrow there. That was the first time I'd met Bob in person. So it was brilliant to meet up with people that I've had on the podcast and get for them get the chance to uh, speak to each other as well. I also had my friend Kirsten there, so that was nice to have her there. And I met Laura and Mel, two people I know from Instagram, but again, first chance to meet in person. So it was a lovely day. I felt very, very privileged to be there. We were gifted a, a cracking running outfit as well, so very, very lucky to have been involved in it, and we got so much from the day. I've got a couple of congratulations I want to do as well, uh, just on people that had completed the Brighton Marathon and Paris uh, Marathon over the last couple of weeks. So if you're in that boat, congratulations on reaching the victory lap of your journey. And I want to say a special congratulations to Emily in the Outdoors and to Dave Hall for completing Brighton. I've been following their journeys very closely. And to former podcast guest Nina Ash and to Rachel McPherson uh, for their finishes in Paris as well. It's so inspiring to have been following these runners through their journey on Instagram and through their training. And for a lot of them, it's been either a first marathon or a first marathon in quite a while. So it's given me a lot of learning as well as just that inspiration to keep grinding through the training. My final shout out this week in the intro is to Natalie Hunter, uh, one of my Newton Roadrunners club mates, for working in conjunction with Parkrun at Strathclyde Park on Saturday to host a collection, a clothing and running shoe collection for the Refugee Run Club. And now if you've not listened to previous episodes, if you go back to the episode with Pete Cooper from Cooper Coaching, Cooper Run Coach app, you will know the story of the Refugee Run Club where every time somebody subscribes to the 
Coupa app, that organisation gifts a lifetime membership to the app to uh, a refugee staying in one of the hotels in the UK. I think mostly in England at the moment, although there are plans to expand that around the United Kingdom. So Natalie, just off her own back from that episode, organised that collection and it was an amazing turnout. I think she's maybe been loathing her, her life choices for the last couple of days as she's been stuck in boxes and, and tape getting these parcels ready for delivery to some of these hotels that are housing the refugees and hopefully that's going to kit out people, inspire them to, to take up running and help them to connect in the society that they've come into. There is literally nothing bad to come from such a, an endeavour and well done Natalie for, for putting yourself out there and getting that done. Again, it's so inspiring and it's I'm delighted to see something like that coming off the back of a conversation that started on the podcast. No more waffling from me today. I'm going to fire straight into the episode because we touch on the Lululemon run retreat at the beginning of the episode with today's guest Kayleigh who was also a participant at the event. So I hope you're well. I hope you're still pressing play. I hope you're still getting out there to run and I hope you enjoy today's episode. On this episode, I'm joined by a runner that has found the perfect recipe to transform her life over the past couple of years. As she's progressed from couch to 5k, through half marathons, marathons and preparations for ultras, she's changed some of the fundamental daily habits that shape her life, sharing her journey through food, yoga, running and growth with us on her Happy Diet Instagram profile, all with the most infectious smile on her face. Fresh from completing the Rome Marathon, it's my pleasure to say buongiorno and welcome to Press Play and Run, Kayleigh Webster. Well, thank you. Buongiorno, that's more Italian than I know. <laughs> there you go. I, I cracked out my finest Italian for you. Just I was dreading you answering me back in Italian and seeing how little I actually know. <laughs> what we do, Kayleigh, I'm delighted to have you on today and we're going to run through, obviously, your running journey. And I normally take people from, from the start, but we're going to start in the present and then work our way back. Uh, so... This weekend, you and I met for the first time in person at the Lululemon Run Retreat in West Lothian at Beach Bray. Obviously, this is recording after I've done my intro, but I will have spoken already. People will have heard me sharing what, what I thought of the event, but uh, I want to get your thoughts on it. I found it just such a, a fascinating event and I was felt so privileged to be part of it. But can you just talk me through your experience of meeting some of the people you've known online and obviously taking part in something with such a big brand. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I genuinely didn't know what I was in for, really. Um, I tend to do that as my sort of thing that I do. I don't really research much before. I just like to just go and embrace the day. Um, and right from getting there was, was incredible. So meeting you guys as well, and getting there in the car journey, right from walking through the door, being welcomed um, by these amazing smiley people, happy to have us there, a beautiful, beautiful setting out in the countryside. Um, and yeah, it was just it was just such a, a warming feeling um, getting to see everybody in, in person that you've been chatting to, seeing their stories on Instagram, but seeing their, um, them there was brilliant. Um, the food, <laughs> I was blown away with, you know, me with the food. So I was, as soon as you walked in, you saw this amazing feast of just bright colours, fresh fruit and oh, it, it was incredible. Um, so yeah, that, that was brilliant getting in and, and mingling and it was just hosted so well um, and I just loved everything that they sort of brought to the day um, and getting us sort of set up before our run as well doing this mindful coaching a bit of breath work as well a bit of fun a bit of play um, it, it just brought everything um, so well together I just thoroughly enjoyed it yeah it was I thought there was more color on that 
uh, food table than I've seen on my dinner plate in about the last 15 years combined. It was lovely. I think it was Vin 18 Cafe that provided the food. It was really, it was, it was quite a luxurious spread, especially if you're not that adventurous and you're eating like me, not, not so much you. But the, the workshop stuff, I don't know how you feel about that kind of thing going in, but I'm always quite apprehensive about, oh, what are they going to ask? Am I going to be in the spot? I think when you get a name tag and the way in the door, I'm like, oh my God, there's going to be icebreaker type stuff. It's, it's like my ultimate dread at work getting that kind of thing and then you're going into a running environment but it was so supportive wasn't it so many people actually speaking quite openly about relatively deep-seated aspects of how they feel about themselves and their running it was and I think it was that sense of feeling welcome and safe and knowing that everybody else was going through similar but so different journeys to get there as well um, and it just provided that that great environment to, to share those things and I'm the same I I used to be well I am still a very shy person but you know through school I've never put my hand up but now I'm just starting to embrace it and just knowing that everybody else is in the same position no one really likes speaking out loud do they but um yeah it was just it was just great to hear other people's thoughts it's it's the same as stepping in I don't care how confident you project yourself everybody must get that some feeling of apprehension walking into that unknown and a new space and new people and I was fortunate that I knew a handful of people that had been invited to that event. So that relaxes you and immediately you find yourself gravitating towards the people you know. But I did make an effort that day to make sure I was engaged in conversations with people I'd never met, never seen before. Because uh, there was a few former podcast guests there, as you know, as well. So I met yeah. Bob for the first time and Jenna was also there, whom I've met uh, a, a fair few times as well. So it was really nice just putting names to faces of people that you've seen online for quite a, quite a long time. I know it was great to chat to Jen, Jenna as well because obviously we went all the way to Rome, both ran Rome Marathon and, and never saw each other there, but it was just great to, to catch up after it. And we'll definitely hopefully catch up at Manchester. And like a true pro, you've segued onto what I wanted to ask you about next because that's where I want to take you before I go back to the beginning as you're fresh off Rome and I want to hear about that experience while it's sort of fresh in your mind. And I was trying so hard not to ask you at the run retreat about <laughs> tell me about Rome because I wanted it to be fresh and for me to hear it for the first time. So can you talk me through, not necessarily the prep, because I think we'll get to that. I'm more interested in the actual weekend itself and like from arrival in Rome through to the end of the race. How was it? What was it like? What was your experience? It was honestly, it felt like a proper holiday. I was, it was exactly what I wanted. I didn't want the race to take away the trip. Um, I love the idea of running in different places, but I don't want that to sort of dominate the experience. And that's really exactly what it turned out to be. I couldn't have asked for a better, a better weekend. So I arrived on the Thursday and we got all Thursday and Friday and it was beautiful blue skies. The sun was shining and it was just, I couldn't have asked for, for a better day. Um, going around seeing all the sights and I know this you know you shouldn't really w walk too much before a marathon but how can you not when you're in a place like that um and everywhere you turn there's something so so spectacular um and then getting that excitement when you see the ticker tape down the streets and then just realizing that ticker tape's there for you like that's where you're going to be running and that that feeling was just I was just pure giddiness honestly it was just so exciting um and so, so that yeah, the, the Thursday Friday was just an absolute buzz. Um, the food was well, typical Italian food. It's perfect, carb loading, isn't it? Like your pizza, pasta. Um, a bit, a bit challenging. Um, for me, from the plant based side of things, um, sort of more limiting options, but they were very accommodating to sort of make up some pasta dishes for me, which was brilliant. Um, and then the Saturday 
was was amazing because I sort of sourced out a park run. Um, so there was that. two in Rome. Yeah, so I went went to one uh, that was just closer to get to, and um, and it was brilliant. It was just everybody there was like running the Rome Marathon, and majority were international. It was just a great way to sort of connect and meet new people. Got chatting to quite a few of those that were going to be pacing the race as well. Um, and again, it was beautiful blue sky. It was roast and hot, and I'm thinking, you know, this is only half nine. If this is going to be what it's like tomorrow at the marathon I am not prepared for this you know doing a whole yeah. training block through Scottish winter but it was like it'll be what it'll be um, and then the Saturday afternoon was great as well actually being in Italy it was the rugby the Scotland Italy match so managed to source out a wee uh, Irish bar that had that shown but honestly though I found it really difficult to enjoy the afternoon that's when I think the anxiety started hitting me and I didn't quite fully expect it the afternoon of the race the afternoon of the Saturday before the race. So okay. Um, so the day before. The day before, yes. Uh huh. So I was trying to to sort of figure out why I wasn't enjoying the afternoon as much as I had enjoyed the previous two days. Um, and then come the evening time, you know, I'm trying to eat my big pile of pasta, and I've got these really bad stomach pains. It's like I don't get stomach pains. What's going on? And it wasn't until afterwards that looking back, I'm like, that was just anxiety. I was just having those sort of last minute fears. But, you know, just taught myself through it. It was going to be fine. Went home, did my flat lay and got the buzz back again and got a good night's sleep. And then before I knew it, it was the, the morning of the race. It was an overcast day, nice and cloudy, so it wasn't roast and hot as I feared it was. And that walking down to the start was unbelievable. You saw the Coliseum just walking through the park. And, yeah, that that's just a feeling that nobody could ever explain like yeah. it just the butterflies hit and you're like this is it I'm going to be running through Rome um I'm going to be running a marathon it's even if you've done a marathon before that is still such an incredible thought and and the race itself was just I, I, I couldn't have asked for a better day it all worked perfectly it was a, an incredible start your videos brought across the buzz the sort of stories in the day I loved following them and I think Rome probably holds quite a special place because it comes so early in the calendar so this weekend i've been trying to follow people's marathons journeys that i know and you've got brighton on the go but you've also got um oh, what was the other one at the weekend it was paris as well paris as well yeah so nina yeah. that had been on um from from erc from emancipated run crew she she was doing paris as well and so you're trying to follow it and it's, it's such a busy time the london half the london landmark half thing that was on too so it just felt like my whole instagram was full of people and big set piece races but rome sits sort of out there on the calendar a, a, a uh -huh. bit more and it was you and jenna were the two that i i was aware of and jenna had spoke i've spoken to her since before we even met her at lululemon uh, the weekend there and i know she found not it wasn't the heat she said it was just more of the the humidity and that's what i was kind of explaining or speaking to her about you've done your whole training and effectively minus whatever snow rain like mm -hmm. I mean, there wasn't a nice day on your training block here so it's a big shift for the body but those pre-race nerves are an interesting one because i know or i know how i find you very relaxed and quite a calming influence but I think that just goes to show that it's very difficult to keep them at bay. They're going to come at some point for most people. Yeah, and I think it's just it's knowing that it's okay as well. And I think that's something that I'm trying to accept myself is it is okay to feel these things. These are normal and don't let it sort of take over 
um, your mindset. So so let them soak in, embrace them. And then this goes back to what the Lululemon workshop as well. It's like having these sort of um, tools to try and deal with these yeah. stresses and anxieties um, and, and just know that you've put in all the training. So it will be what will be on the day. You've done the hard, hard work, you know, uh, yeah and and just accept your anxiety is all part of the journey i think that was the most um the thing that i'll take away from that day that we had at the weekend there was was that session and i wouldn't even have said at the time that that would be the thing but it rattled about in my head for the rest of the night just reflecting on it and because amanda who is missy's brain trainer on instagram um this is obviously what she specializes in is working with people on their mindset this was not any sort of sit back kumbaya type meditation things. This was very practical. You know, here are eight or nine things to think about that you're in control of or that you can score and actually figuring out, well, what does 10 out of 10 look like? But it was when I get back and I actually pulled out, I've got it here in front of me. It's obviously we're on a, a, an audio medium so people can't see it, but it was when I pulled it back out the bag later because I just stuffed it in my bag at the end and I was looking over it just reflecting on that, the, the narrative you feed yourself, that was the bit that kept coming back. What's the story you tell yourself? And that is where all the anxiety comes from me on a race day. It's, this, it's a story I feed myself. What if I don't hit my time? What will people think? Is that going on Strava? It's all external things that shouldn't be the driver that are in my head on the morning of a race. And that's why I can't put down the breakfast that you really need or because I feel like my stomach's going to come flip inside out and come back out. You know, it's just not... It's not conducive. Now, I know you weren't running to time pressure. Do you want to explain why you weren't running to a time pressure? Yeah, I think this is just a tactic so I don't get disappointed in myself because I know how much stress that adds to everybody. Um, so I've always told myself I'm not a fast runner and therefore I should just go for distance. But I do generally enjoy the distance. So I think it's worked out well and I've avoided doing workouts. So in my last training block for Loch Ness Marathon last year, I just did run to distance and it was majority easy races easy runs so I wasn't working for any hitting any pace targets um, or doing interval training but this time using the runner coach app I have been and I have actually really enjoyed doing it just more for the 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 challenge and the just the mixing up a bit and just doing something a bit different so again I go into each workout thinking if I don't enjoy it it's fine. I'll just stop and just keep on running easy pace. So I don't put those expectations on myself. I don't sit and check my pace every every second that beats at me. I just go and enjoy and I run fast and then I, I just sort of mix it up that way and I do thoroughly enjoy it. And then I hit paces that I never thought I yep. could. So I'm sort of putting those doubts in my mind so I don't have those um, those stresses for hitting a time on a race. But it, I mean, without those stresses, I am still hitting these incredible times. Like um, the road marathon that did like just four hours 10. I could not believe that I did that with, I mean, it was effort. I did put in effort, but I certainly still able to, to enjoy myself. I saw the smile on my face. I was still being able to, I, I was never in a point where I was struggling and it felt like I was hitting the wall. So I certainly still have, more in the tank which um it's quite like that niggle in the back of my mind being like so, so what else can i do yeah. if i if i did push it but um but yeah that's sort of my trickery do you know what i liked i saw you reflecting on it wasn't during it certainly you weren't you're not that camera you were reflecting in these things during the marathon but afterwards it's not even so much the pace it's 
you were reflecting on how the effort level has changed to hit that type pace. And I think that can be a brilliant marker of progress as well. And something that I'm feeling more and more at the moment where running something like four minutes a kilometer, I don't know what that is in miles because I'm not weird. Um, but running that type of pace and people will say, well, that's really fast. And to others, it's not really fast. That bit's irrelevant because that's so individual to what you can run, whether you think that's fast, slow or indifferent. But the difference I'm feeling right now running that pace to when I was full throttle there is like that. That in itself is a measure of progress. I think we ignore too often the things you can do now that looking back a year ago, it's not about necessarily always faster. But look at your heart rate, it'll be down 10 beats a minute on what you were doing in that type time the year before. That's that's a sign of progress that we often just ignore because it's not attached to how many minutes and seconds. No, exactly. And I think, well, coming back to heart rate as well, that's one of the things that we got focused on to sort of hit easy pace is to have your heart rate in a certain zone. But I find that my heart rate is just naturally quite high. Um, so those calculations just wouldn't work for me. And it, it did get quite frustrating because I was like, how can I stay in zone two and do easy runs if, it, you know, basically walking and it's not even like a fast walk. Um, so I just sort of put uh, put those numbers aside and I've just decided, well, I'll just try and breathe through my nose when I'm running and then that'll be my measure of effort. And that has worked wonders. And now it's like you say, you're looking back at the, the sort of paces that I was doing with nasal breathing um, a few months ago compared to what I'm doing now. And it's, it's that level of effort um, is the same, but you're going faster. And yeah, that is, that's an incredible progress. Perceived exertion is a, is a really good tool. And I think we can get fixated on the watch. If, it, if, somebody, if it says conversational pace, it always helps actually to have somebody else there to have a conversation with. So you don't look like a lunatic, but you you actually know the difference about can you comfortably have that chat or are you having to take that pause, that deep, that deep breath? You're probably working harder and your heart rate can be natural. I think mine is naturally a bit lower. I can't get my VO2 max type statistics to shift. And I look online and that comparison thing, I'm like, how, how's that person's way up there at 66? And I know how hard I feel like I'm working, but I'm never getting into that zone that's needed. I, I don't know. It's definitely, there's an individualization bit and we don't measure that, but perceived exertion, I think is is overlooked at times and you're using run a coach i'm using cooper run coach app it's the same type thing but those sessions are i don't feel any pressure to hit those paces and i do hit them more often than not but it's all attached to a race for me that that anxiety not not training so it's, it's a weird thing anybody listening to this might be thinking oh my goodness here we go another marathon runner she's done two marathons she's doing this now i do want to walk them back because i think it's really important for you know what the ethos of this podcast is. I know you've listened previously. It's for everyday runners. Your journey, can you talk me through the start of it? Because it's important to know where you've come from and, and in that space of time. Absolutely. And I do love looking back at my journey as well. It's one that just uh, I'm just so proud of. So um, lockdown, I'm one of the lockdown runners, put it that way. Um, and it was just, it was a glorious summer and we're just eating and drinking, um, barely you know, barely exercising, we're so limited to what we could do. Um, and I always sort of saw myself as someone that was fit. I would never consider myself as being unfit. But I just remember hitting, looking in the mirror one day and just being like, just just being unhappy with who I saw looking back at me. And I was like, this is just not not who I want to be. Um, and I was like, I need to do something about it. And I don't know why I hate running. 
I hated running, I should say. Um, but I was just like, maybe I should just do this couch to 5K that I've been hearing about. So, um, and that's what I did. And I didn't tell anyone about it because I didn't want those, I didn't want to fail and then people be disappointed in me. And it's all those silly things that you tell yourself. So I did it in sort of secret. But the buzz that I got from it, and I was like, I can't just keep this a secret because I'm I'm actually running now. And it was like, it works so well that it, it builds you up slowly. So you're only running for like a minute at a time. And then you're walking for a couple of minutes and it builds you up over a nine week program. And then before you know it, you're, you're running for 30 minutes nonstop. And that's a 5K. And I couldn't believe it. And that that progress was just such an achievement for me. And I it hit my first 5K on Christmas Day morning. I went out before doing anything else. So I was like, I'm finishing this program on Christmas Day. And, and I was just so proud of myself. But I do remember listening to them um, because they talk to you while you're doing it as well. And they say like, there's people that have done couch to 5k that have gone on to do marathons and this that and the next thing I'm like all right well good for them but I, I doubt that'll be me I um, and I, yeah I always look back at that now and laugh and be like oh well yeah I'm one of them <laughs> so I, I do highly recommend that for anybody that's just wanting to, to just start and get moving a bit more and it's just so easy to fit in it's just 30 minutes of your day um, three times a week and it, it just gives you that sense of accomplishment and it didn't stop there though I just had this um well I hit the hit the 5k and I was like this is good and I'm just gonna keep it up three days a week 30 minutes and I'll just try and get a bit quicker I won't run any more than than the 30 minutes I'll just just try and get a bit quicker but that's just wasn't enough for me and I don't know I don't know what it was but I just thought let's sign up for a half marathon didn't even think about a 10k didn't even know a 10k was a thing <laughs> I just thought it was either half marathon or a marathon and that's what I did I signed up for the Scottish half which was the following September and um, so I started a six month sort of training block for that can I ask can I sorry can I interrupt for two seconds what's the timeline we're on here so what what year of lockdown oh so lockdown um it was November 2020 when I started when you Couch started 5K. okay yes uh-huh um, and it was the January of 2021 when I signed up for the half marathon. The following September. Or this, yeah. Yes. Okay, uh -huh. right. Okay, that's, that's clear. right. And I thoroughly loved that, having that training plan set ahead of me and that goal. But during this whole time, I was still sort of neglecting my body. So although I was exercising and thinking that I was getting fit, I was still on a calorie deficit through the week. I was doing one of these sort of five two fasting things trying to keep my calories low trying to lose weight and then at the weekends I was guzzling wine and e eating pizza and lots of chocolate and all, all the good stuff and when I was hitting these long runs in the the half marathon training I had really really bad knee pain and hip pain and I was just the fear it was a few weeks before the half marathon I was like how am I going to do this and um, so I was like well I'm just gonna put on one of these knee braces and just we're just going to try and just push on through and I did and I did the half marathon and it was hard and I really really struggled that last half hour I didn't feel properly I took a gel which I've never trained for um I took it at the wrong time my knee was killing me my hip was killing me and I finished it and I loved it but I hated it at the same time I was like that's it never doing this again I've got the medal I'm happy I'm done <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean you're doing you're you're doing everything that current you would probably tell former you not to do at that point you're doing you're trying new things on race day you're probably undercooked if not in training certainly on how you're looking after your body going into it you're running through an, a potential injury it's it's the things that i see a lot with people starting off running yep 
you're going to pick up a niggle at some point. I don't care how carefully you stage it. You could get through a couch to 5K, but the minute you start trying to increase distance or pace, you're going to come across injuries. You're putting real strain in your body and that can put people off, can't it? Because you're only you're only focused on the running. I've done it for years, only focused on the time, not focused on anything around it. But now it's not so much the running that's improving the running, it's the other aspects all around it. It's the sleep, the rest, that it's a bit more knowledge about this body that you're trying to push faster and faster. It's not just about those sessions. So you spoke about looking in the mirror, not being happy with what's looking back. Is that from a physical standpoint or are you talking there on a more just where you're at in your head or I'm, I'm just keen to, to understand more what makes you go and that's it that's today's the day it was both um I, I certainly looked at myself and I was like I just wasn't happy with my physical appearance and I know people at the time and looking back they'd be like oh but you had you know you had a nice figure you're always slim but to me I just wasn't I, I didn't see a, a healthy person um I just knew that wasn't that wasn't good for me um and mentally I just knew i I just wasn't in a good place. And at the time, I didn't know why or what it was. Um, it's only looking back now that I can understand through that process. Your before and after picture, some people will look at that and say, but why? You know, and that's, but it's such a personal thing. What? And I think what people see back in a mirror is not what others see because you're attaching all your biases, all your feelings to it. And we are all guilty. And Amanda, again, at the weekend, brought some of that to the fore that 80 20 thing you know saying nice things to yourself about yourself 80 percent of the time and and focusing on what you need to work on for 20 percent. i've lived most of my life with that flipped the other way around um allowing yourself brief brief glimpses of satisfaction and then amongst self-sabotage and self-criticism and other people outside looking in are much more complimentary about you than you can find you and you're able to yourself so i just i wanted to sort of tease out again i think a lot of people sit and think, yeah, that's me. You know, I've, I'm either at that stage, I've been at that stage, or do you know what? Maybe I'll get to that stage at some point. Yeah. It's it's not about body shape, just body shape. And that's the way that I put it in that in that post as well. It's it's not about me losing weight. It's about me getting healthier and leaner and stronger and happier. Like, it's not just a transformation of my body. It's the transformation of that pure happiness and, and that feeling, this is who I am now and... Um, and I think that is something yeah. that I look at even myself and I, I smile when I look at those pictures. You smile all the time. I don't know if I've ever seen you <laughs> not smiling. I know, even when I, I'm struggling, I'm still smiling. <laughs> I know, smiling through the pain, but maybe just painted on. That manifested then in obviously the running beginning, but you've also then made a point or you've come to a point where you changed your relationship with food and you changed your relationship with alcohol as well. So was that something in the back of your mind niggling away or was that another one of these today's the day I've had enough? Yes. Yeah, so after the, the half marathon in um, so that's September 2021, I said never again, but I still enjoyed the keeping fat aspect. So I still sort of kept up some form of running. But then it, it sort of dropped a bit. And again, I just wasn't happy and I was still having all these habits. So it was January 2022. I was going through a, a separation of an eight year relationship as well. It was a difficult time, but it was for the best reasons. And so those few months were quite rocky. So I signed up for another half marathon, which was the Edinburgh half in May 2022. So I signed up to that in January just to give me that focus over the few months. But over those few months, I was still like just sabotaging myself. And there was just one day 
I was sat, I had this big, it was, it was incredible, like a big Indian takeaway, but I had like crisp, I had chocolate, I had a bottle of wine, and it was just looking at myself and eating all this and just feeling the shame and disappointment in myself, being like, why am I doing this? What am I achieving here? I'm clearly not happy. Um, and then that was the day I signed up for Loch Ness Marathon, whether it was wine infused or not, but I'd done it. And I was like, right, this is it. I've got something to focus for now. But I didn't give up the the wine or the the booze, uh, yeah, the, um, the food or anything like that at that point. I just thought, right, let's just be a bit more focused now and try and cut back a bit. I was quite happy with that realisation of, right, yes, this is it now. But I was still, like I said, I was still drinking and I was still eating quite poorly. The change happened was was when I was on holiday and I just realised, I just went on holiday by myself and I was just boozing and eating. I was just making an arse of myself, basically. And I was just like, what am I doing with my life? And it was in May, um, May 2022, May the 4th. And I was like, that's it. This is my last, last glass of wine. This is my last bit of steak. And we're just going to, we're just going to do this properly. It didn't come out of nowhere, like the food-wise, going plant-based, didn't come out of nowhere. I had been reading books on other ultra runner athletes. So Eat and Run by Scott Durick, that was the sort of realisation of, oh, you don't need like all this meat to, to be able to function well. And he's doing all these crazy distances and he's been able to recover and he's got no injuries. I was like, maybe there's something to this. So then I followed up what he read um, and the sort of background to that. And that led me to start to understand all the sort of the correlations between um, meat and dairy to, to sort of inflammation of the body, the risk to injuries, and then obviously the long-term health issues such as diabetes and, and some forms of cancer. So I sort of had that in the back of my mind being like, that's something that I should probably do. And then that, that was the day in May that I was like, right, let's just do this. And sort of cold turkey, gave up the booze, gave up um, meat, gave up dairy and and it was genuinely transformational. I I could feel the benefit over the next few weeks, specifically cutting out the meat and dairy. I just felt so good and healthy. Yeah, you, you'll never forget the day. That's Star Wars Day for any of the geeks among us, May the Fourth. So you'll always you'll always have a timely reminder of your your meat free anniversary or your plant based anniversary. You're saying you felt the benefits. That's a very sudden change. And even if that's been in your mind, I, I can only really uh, relate to that from the alcohol side of things, but from the food side of it, I have dabbled with plant-based, never exclusively though, just that realization that my diet's pretty poor as it is. And I spoke to you about this at the weekend, it's not all takeaways and it's it's like we, I use gusto. So we cook through the week, relatively fresh foods. We've introduced that with the kids too, to try and improve their intake of um, a bit more of a mixed diet and making sure they're getting the, the the meats and fats and the proteins and everything that they should be getting rather than just beige oven type food that they would happily um, scoff down every day. But I've always found that when I've dabbled in it, it's an organizational thing to begin with. You need the right tools. You, you, read, you need the right knowledge. Were you quite a keen cook before you made that decision? Were you already interested in cooking? Yeah, so cooking was really my passion. Like, I, I love cooking. I always sort of have... Been. So even before, though? Yeah, yeah so e even before. Yeah. Um, so I, I did have that um, creativity in me anyway. And it was... So the, the cooking and the planning side of things sort of was the easy transition part of it. Yeah, so I, even before, I would sometimes cook vegetarian meals. So I had a bit of a, a basic sort of understanding of, of, of being able to cook without 
meat and the dairy was the learning curve on how to to eat things with that didn't have dairy because all the sort of nice creamy pasta sauces that I like always had cheese or cream and so so that was that was a challenge of learning about new things such as making sauces out of cashews and all the other wonderful things that you can do with um, tofu for example so so yeah I was was a keen cook beforehand I know you got the benefit but how much of a transition did you find that just that that's a huge thing to remove alcohol and that type of all all at once yeah were there days were there days when you just thought oh this is a struggle or was it absolute commitment? You you seem very driven from the outside looking in, but everybody has wobbles in their life usually. What what did that look like for yeah. you? Yeah, so I am quite disciplined. So the alcohol, I told myself I was only cutting out purely for the training block. And so after the marathon, I'll be able to have it back. And I did find it was a struggle and I tried to avoid some social situations, but I did manage to go to all the sort of key things. I went, I went on a pub crawl to sober. Um, go figure uh, I went to a wedding I went to uh, Berlin like it was all these sort of things that I would just absolutely be diving into alcohol and um, so I was each one of those was quite a good tick to say okay you can do this you don't need alcohol to be able to do these things but there were certainly wobbles for that journey food wise less so I think um, even now like I, I do not miss or crave anything well I do I crave the food that I eat now it's, it's mad so I can go sometimes a few days in Rome for example I was like I just needed to go to the shop and buy my fruit and vegetables like I was just missing snacking on fruit so that's that's quite a nice thing to have I think I thought I would have the wobble for cheese like that's the one thing I said yeah. I would never give up cheese and and I don't miss it, it it's a mad thing but I just yeah. don't I think I could just about live with you taking away meat, cheese, I think would maybe need to have a fight about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know if I ever could say goodbye forever to cheese. I think... Because what do you do at Christmas? <laughs> I know, I know, honestly. Well, that, yeah, uh, cheese boards and, oh, it's all, all these different things. But I think the way that I told myself, and I think this is the way that anybody who's considering it is, you don't need, it doesn't need to be all or nothing. It's just plant-based. So if you do want something, you can have it. Um, so it's that when you sort of deprive yourself of something, then you then you want it. You feel like you can't have it, but if you know that you could, if you wanted it, then then you, and that's still my mindset yeah. now. So even if I was to go out to a restaurant and I wanted a steak, I'm gonna have a steak, but I just don't ever get that. You don't at yeah. the moment, yeah. It's a it, there is there's a again there's a framing thing of it, and it's a if you view it as a deficit model of what you're not allowing yourself, mm-hmm. I, I think it's always a struggle. Whereas if you view it as what you're giving yourself, exactly the, the the other way about the benefits of what you're doing, and so I I'm, I text you before this to say, are you comfortable with me speaking about your relationship with alcohol? Because it's not always something that people want to discuss publicly. But I'm in the exact same place that you've been with that at the moment. So I don't drink at the moment. Haven't done since last year. But I've also been a period in my life where I came off it for a full year in between pretty much hammering it and you know it's like we've always been Nicola and I have always been pretty social with our friends we've got a big friendship group we'd be out at things and I would have been known as the Egypt rallying the crowd you know and like but did not just did not like the person I was seen back especially the days after that self-loathing bit of oh rough and it, it was taking less and less to make me feel like that so it was not like I was falling about drunk and blacking out that was back in the younger years um 
But so I took that year off it. Then I, th- I thought, okay, I feel much better with where I'm at with not drinking. I'm going to reintroduce it. And I just found I was getting the same feelings, but with like half the alcohol consumption was giving me the same, the same feelings. So I've made the decision now. And like you're saying there, I've not, I've not said I'll be, I've said, I'm going to come off it for this year and see how I feel again. But these alcohol free beers and things are opening up a new world. So I was at the pub the other night, Friday night with my friends and had a couple of non-alcoholic beers. And I felt that tension releasing that sort of Friday feeling that you get. And it was nice to be in the pub and have that option of a non-alcoholic beer. But the first time I came off it, that was just not an option in a pub. So you were standing there drinking water and there's only so many glasses of water you'll have or a, a Coke before you start to feel, oh, that's enough. So I was locking myself out of that social situation as well. I don't view it now as an all or nothing thing. I just view it as a part of this is what I do. And I'm training so much at the moment that I'm getting the benefits from it. But I was just, I was interested to hear if yours, your story was similar and it sounds like it was. There is that very difficult adjustment of the social side. It's not the drinking per se for me. It's the social bit that goes with it. Yeah, so I think the the trick that I told myself, it was just for the marathon training. That was a different phase of me dealing with not having alcohol to what it is now because I did have drinks after the training block so I had about a month of where I did get back to drinking I went to a couple events but then I was just like I'm just not getting any joy there's all those negative things again like you said I wasn't happy with who who I was like becoming just by drinking again so this time around when I cut out it feels like such a different thing it's like you say this is who I am now it's like I don't have those stresses about going into these social situations I don't feel like I need to justify why I've cut out and I've actually through the running process as well it's given me time to reflect and understand I did actually have a form of dependency on alcohol and it's it's a weird thing to think at the time you're like no I don't like I'm not an alcoholic but actually looking back I did and it's been such a nice thing for me to accept and come through by myself but it has been because of running it's given me that time to to process and give me that focus and drive and like you said as well it's the benefits of not having alcohol um yeah massively uh, yeah and name, naming that's a scary thing because it's like that it was a dependent was an alcoholic no I don't know. I don't think I was. I was hardly drinking her. But there is a dependency of sorts. And I think that's a sliding scale rather than a you are or you're not. But for me, if I'm dependent on having a drink to feel like I can really go and attack a social situation, then that's a dependency, the same as any other type of dependency. You know, you're you're getting ready to be somebody you're not on that night or, or somebody that you don't feel that you are inside. And yes, I've been that. My friends have been great. Uh, accepting either way now they don't get on my case about because that's difficult as well especially a big group of boys it's come on we're on holiday have a drink and and I did we went away last year and had a drink but first day I had I was drinking I felt like death for the rest of it and I hated how I felt it's just I just can't do it anymore physically so my relationship with alcohol has changed a lot through running and loads of runners I know come to this bit of if you're hitting a certain point of competitiveness even with yourself it's it's either going to stand in the way or some people use it as a reward and seem to balance it really well. There's no right or wrong. I know like ask people your ultimate refuel meal drink and loads of people say a beer. Well, do you know I'm the same? I still love a beer, but now it would be an alcohol free beer and it, the taste would be it's not but it's not to be drunk. That's the difference. Exactly. So yeah. 
is it? But it's a, it's definitely a, a dynamic that I think a lot of people struggle with when they look in the mirror and who do you see that that can be part of the relationship. Um, so w- with these changes that you have made, your your Instagram page is awash with this all these colourful dishes and everybody I speak to that knows your profile, that's the first thing they talk about is the food, and then you're smiling all the time. So where did the the sort of impetus come for starting that to share your journey of food and what's grown as a result of it so instagram for me was the attraction was the food that's what i spent all my time doing was looking at other people's food profiles to get inspiration for me to make recipes so that i just sort of thought i was like i'm making all this food and i think it looks quite nice so maybe i should just start up a wee instagram page and that is essentially how the happy diet started it was one summer day i made this beautiful salad bowl and i'm like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this. So I took a photo and I thought it looked good. And I was just sat thinking about what what do I call my page? Um, I was thinking, you know, everyone wants a change, and normally when they want a change and it's to do with food, they'll think about a diet. And I know it's it's not a diet; it's a lifestyle. But I was thinking of that that sort of key thing. And then it's it's the happiness it brings you, all this food and color, and it genuinely brings you that happiness. So that is how the name the Happy Diet started. And Ultimately, that was the whole point of the Instagram was for me to just share my recipes and trying to inspire other people. And then the sort of the running side of things just sort of trickled on after it by me posting my stories. So it's been a really nice transition to sort of bring the two together. And so the running part of it was never, never the... Never planned. Never planned. Uh-huh. It was always food. And, food. and do, do you feel a wee bit of pressure about that? Like, oh, I don't want to share too much running because this is a, ostensibly a, a, a plant-based account? Or are you quite happy now that you've got that blend of the personal along with the food? Yeah, I think it's actually become so perfect because ultimately I'm performing so well and I'm so happy in myself because of all this food. So I'm actually really happy to bring them two together and to share that. I think it's it's quite mm. an important um, transition in my life, and I'm just I'm just quite happy, and it brings me happiness to look at all the food that I'm creating and to see my progression. So it's it's a great tool that, and then the people that I've met through Instagram is it's just been a wonderful journey, and it's you know it's not even been a year. I think that was the, the summer that I started up, so it's just so exciting to see how far it's come and mm. all the people that I've met. And I've only followed your account since the running I think was probably it was a running post I would have seen first rather than just the diet stuff because with the the, with the food I love looking at other people's dinner on Instagram I'm one of those but I would be unlikely to follow an account I would just see them popping up in your feed so it must have been something running that drew me in but I think personally I, I like the fact that I know I can see the person behind the food um because there are thousands and thousands probably hundreds of thousands of accounts out there sharing cooking ideas and recipes, but I think that blend of that and your running is certainly an appeal, appeals over a broader audience. What about the content creation journey? I'm sort of on it with the podcast now where I'm always a bit thinking about, am I putting out too much? Am I annoying people in the feed or am I putting out enough to keep it visible? Do you feel that pressure um, coming on like, oh, I better share something. I better share my, my porridge today. Or <laughs> is it something that you sort of plan out more more structured because I'm not overly structured in it. I just, if I've got something to put out, I put it out. Um, But I do feel a wee bit like it lives in my head. Should I be putting out more or less? Yeah, I I mean, there is certainly some form of structure that I want to keep. I do like the balance. So it's quite interesting when you look back at the history and it was was largely all just food, but I do now like the balance of one food, one running. So I do try and um, have a bit of structure like that. And it it can feel like sometimes you you feel like there, there might be expectations 
for people to be like, oh, she's, you know, you've not got a recipe out for a wee while yet. So, um, but I, I don't let those pressures sort of rule what I, I, you know, I still want it to be very much me. Um, so I don't want it to be too rigid. And I think that's why, why it works and why people enjoy these types of accounts. Like you say, it's, I am just a person at the end of the day. I have got other things that I'm getting on with. I do like to pull myself away from social media for a, a good break as well. I think that's very important because we can get so wrapped up in it and it take it does take quite a lot of our a hit on our sort of mental health if we get too too stuck in social media so I would always try and take about a 24-hour break every week if, if I can so the reels seems to be like a, an interesting thing just now with the Instagram it's quite a they are quite time consuming and um, I just love looking at other people's reels and they make me like laugh so much this, the stuff that's coming out and but the food reels that people do are just so so amazing so I do try um and it's it is a bit of fun to do it but but I'm certainly yes a long lot of lessons still to learn reels are my nemesis <laughs> I still trying to figure it out it's, I see I saw a couple of people that were at the Lululemon event sharing their reels and like oh, how, how have they done that and how have they done it so quickly <laughs> it's unbelievable <laughs> like professional <laughs> professional studio standard quality they've, they've, they've knocked out I don't even think I was home from dropping you off yet <laughs> and they did reel up <laughs> I know. Like, how are you managing that? Is there anything, any aspiration to grow this beyond, or is it just a sort of part of the journey and see? Well, for me, this is my passion and I have long-term goals. So this is actually really inspiring me to now actually see this is a potential for what I want it to be. So in the background, I am working away on the Happy Diet website, um, which I'm so excited about. Um I was exclusive. <laughs> I did have plans for that to be um, sort of launched earlier in the year, but I've got bigger plans for it now. Um, so I'm just sort of wanting to get that right before I launch it. So I am hoping by the summer we can get that get that going, and it will be very much recipe based. Um, but I have some other ideas rumbling on. Um, I do have runner's cookbook. <laughs> runner's cookbook. Runner's cookbook. <laughs> you said it. You said it. That is definitely, um, yeah, I would love to have my own cookbook in my hands. That is the dream. It's nothing to do with really about the money side of things. It's just I love cookbooks. And for me to be able to produce a cookbook, I will be over the moon. So that is definitely um, definitely yeah. the dream. That's going to be around the corner sooner than I think. If you're in my position and you want to sort of dip your toe in the water, what's one or two sort of sustainable, relatively easy ways to introduce yourself into that world um, alongside your training? So the plant-based recipes, the key is they're all so quick and easy to do as well. And the it's just understanding that it isn't a complicated thing to try and dip your toes into. So the first probably transition is to focus more on the vegetarian step. So try not to necessarily stress too much about cutting out your dairy as well. It's just try and get more vegetables in. So for example, a stir fry is probably the, the easiest thing to do. You don't need chicken in there or beef you just load it with loads of vegetables you still have the same sauces that you'd normally do so that would probably be one of the nice easy ones you can start to get a bit more creative but again it's simple store a risotto it doesn't have to be a complicated authentic risotto you just cook off your rice and then get a nice big butternut squash roast it all the butternut squash blitz it together in a blender with a wee bit of tahini and some lemon juice that creates a beautiful creamy sauce and then you just stir that through your cooked rice. And before you know it, you've, you've got a, a cheats risotto. Um, so those are the, the the really tasty, quick and easy ways to to sort yeah. of transition it. And it, again, it's not doing it 
all all in guns blazing. It's just do it once a week, twice a week, and just start to build it up. And then you can yeah. start focusing on, you, you're probably not even realising that you're not eating dairy and you're not putting in cream or cheese yeah. to these things. So it's just naturally happening. Protein will be the thing that people without the knowledge will come back to. It's like, but what, what, what are you putting your hand on for quick protein when you need to, like in those final weeks of a marathon block coming up to peak week and you're really having to increase not only the calories you take mm-hmm. in, but the protein for recovery. What you put your hand on in that type situation? So I don't worry about protein. Uh, I was wondering if this question yeah. will crop up. I genuinely don't even, I don't worry about protein. It's cropping up from a place uh-huh. of probably the same lack of knowledge, Kelly, that a lot of people will have of, because that's what you hear. That would be the anti, anti-plant-based anti yeah. mantra. Oh, no, you need protein. Do you know? Yeah. Uh, well, and and it's, it's a great question to ask because, it is it's that um perception of what we're told is you need you need protein um if you're doing any form of hard exercise you need protein to repair and it is true you do need protein to repair your muscles but you don't need the quantities that you probably think and a plant-based diet you've got loads of sources of protein that you can get so i mean nuts and seeds and um porridge and there's all these small amounts over the whole day that you're having that you probably don't realize that you're having and it yeah. will still equate to exactly the same amount and if i mean there are protein powders that you can take but i've never done protein powder i just stick yeah. to what i'm eating normally and i will just eat more nuts but that's just because i'm hungry and i need more calories <laughs> rather than worrying about yeah. um, protein but your lentils mm-hmm. your beans there's just so much that you'll be having in your daily dinners that that just all equates to it and this is this is fueling you through real distance running at the moment. I mean, you are we've spoken about two marathons already. Yep. You're signed up for every time I look at your profile, you've signed up for something. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. Like it feels like you're doing nineteen ultras. What's what's the plans? <laughs> what tell me what's coming up ultra wise? Yeah, well Saturday was an expensive day after chatting to folk at the Lululemon because I went home and I was like, Right, that's it, I'm signing up to <laughs> So I got chatting um to Ultra Kazi, um and she'd done the she's a big um ultra she's a backyard, yeah, the backyard ultra ultra holder uh-huh. yeah she's a record holder yeah so she, she was the, the one person that i did the icebreaker with and it was just meant to be because it was that race in particular the rasselbock one down um sherwood pines um that i had my finger on the trigger for for a, for a few months now and i just just so happened to chat to her and she's like do it you have to do it and i was like right okay straight away get home signed up to it so yeah and the next ultra that i have got booked is the ultra x in may so that's just a few weeks away now and um, that's the 50 kilometers up near inverness so i'm really looking forward to that one and there's there's a few more in the pipeline but uh <laughs> yeah i know you were, i know you were toying with the devil of the highlands that i'm doing as well uh, yes yes i did look that up again um so i've told myself i'm gonna see how i get on at the ultra x and if um if there's still spaces left then Yep, I'm signing up. <laughs> we also met Sophia on the day uh, at Lululemon, who's doing the two-day. Um, yep. Same one that you're doing uh-huh. as well. So what she, I think her profile is squats on toast. toast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I had a chat with her, and I think uh, after I get the marathon done, I'm going to get her on as well to speak a bit about her trail running experience. Fantastic. As well, so that that's what that event's fantastic for, isn't it? It's bringing you into contact with people, especially the trail side of the world. I have been a like devoted road runner 
very rarely go near the trails, but this ultra we'll see it. I'm not, I'm doing it with no pressure. I'm doing it for very different reasons, but I'm looking forward to the change actually, because right now I'm in, in the middle of marathon training hell where I'm tired and I'm sore and anything that feels different and not as pacey is a welcome sort of uh, relief but I love having these challenges to go at and I know that you are I think you're maybe similarly goal driven that focus do you that does the challenge help for you it does and I quite like to it's I'm only goal focused against myself as well so I don't I don't set myself out to be like anyone else or to to compete against anyone else so um a challenge that I set myself this year um over my birthday weekend actually was the the Goggins challenge and the, the thing that I loved about that was the fact it wasn't a, an event driven thing. I didn't have to, you know, have any commitment to, to be there. It was just myself. So I could have just pulled out and not bothered. But the fact that I still turned up and it was like in the, in the winter, it snowed on the second day. Um, but yeah, I still, still went out and did it. And that sense of achieving that goal, um, is something that I just, that's what I thrive off of is setting myself these unique challenges and just doing it for myself. Tell us what the Goggins challenge is for anybody who is maybe uninitiated. Um, so that was the challenge that had you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Uh, so it's normally held at the start of March. David Goggins um, sort of posts it. and um, But I just thought, why wait? Let's just do something memorable for my birthday. And so just, yeah, that's what I decided, decided yeah. to do. And you got some really cool support from across the online community. People running virtually with you i think maybe one or two people running in person with you as well but you've done these road running uh marathons and to me looking from the outside in it feels like you're finding a bit of a spiritual home on the trails and on this longer ultra running do you think this is where potentially the heart will lie for running in the future i do and i think this also goes back to what i was just saying about that um the challenge there about just going off and doing my own thing I love the idea of just going and doing these epic long trail runs. Um, so, for example, I've got my eye on just going out and doing the West Highland Way, but not as part of the event. I would love to do the Devil of the Highlands, and but I would just love to also just go out and do the whole thing unsupported. Um, do the uh, North Coast 500 or go around the Hebrides. These these sorts of adventures, I would see it as a running adventure, and that has got the calling to me, and I just need to get myself get myself out there and just do it. And you're in the Loch Ness 24 crew, Insta crew. Oh. Feels like my, my whole Instagram is in the same team. What's the name of the team? <laughs> Who dropped the dibber? Who dropped the dibber? I thought that's what it was. I wanted to double check it was. <laughs> so I... Who dropped a dibber have taken individual pot shots at me in the DMs to try and get me to sign up to that and they've basically been harassing me and bullying me for not doing it. But I keep saying because I signed up for that other ultra, it's too close. Um, but I did speak to you about a potential idea. So having signed up for the Devil of the Highlands, I think it's too close to run. But I mentioned to you that there could be that opportunity to record maybe the first on-location episode of Press Plane Run. So if team drop who dropped to Dibber will have me, that might be something that uh, I, I look into seeing how we could make happen. Would you be up for that? Oh, that sounds amazing. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> there's, there's loads of runners there that I would like to speak to and might not get around everybody individual. So it makes sense. I mean, you're only only one person can be running at a time in the relay team. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. But we've got that. Uh, we're sort of splitting ourselves up now because there's that many in the crew. Yeah. So we're going to have a good few few groups and teams. And there's there's other folk up there as well doing doing the solo, um, yeah. the solo run as well. 
yeah, I think I need to try and make it happen. There's so many people I could be grabbing in between laps to just get a chat about their running. This could be like a five-hour epic episode. Um, but so I've rambled long enough and, and taken lots of your time. And in traditional uh, sort of format here, you know you're not getting away without the quick fire round. So it's time to speed it up. You might like the trails and the slow stuff, but we're going for some quick fire if you're ready. Okay. <laughs> you all good? Right, let's go. Favourite running shoe of all time? Oh, easy, easy. New Balance 1080s. Favourite training route? Training route. So I created my own little route called All the Waters of Linlithgow, and I love to go up the canal um, down to the River Avon. Then I go around the lagoon in Linlithgow and then back out and do a lap around the loch. So that's my, I just called it All the Waters of Linlithgow. You called it that in your head or you called it that formally on Strava? In my head. It'll come across. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you should make it a segment. Best running related book or podcast you have read or listened to or food since it's you? Um, so book wise, it has to be Eat and Run by Scott Durick for sure. Um, podcast, I do love. Um, it's called Some Work, All Play. Um, and it's a great running podcast. It's a couple, Meg and um, Meg and David, I think it is the couple, and it's it's an American based podcast, but it's brilliant. It's got some science, some family stuff, and and a lot of running, and it's it's brilliant. As always, I will link to that podcast in the episode description. Uh, so wherever you listen to the podcast, you can click into the just click into the description, and you'll get these links. Proudest running moment. Um, proudest running moment. I think it would be the Goggins Challenge. To be honest, yep, definitely. Oh, I was expecting a marathon. Worst race or running experience? This is this is hard actually because I think I love them all, but to be honest, I did the the Mo Run half marathon in Edinburgh, which was four laps around Arthur's Seat. Um, I was sporting a mustache. I was having as much fun as I could, but that was such a hard hard race. And it was only a few weeks after the marathon, but I was it was that last lap. <laughs> I was just like, I want this to be over. And then I saw Presum- Helen's smiley face, and I was like, okay, everything's fine. <laughs> Presumably, a fake mustache. You didn't grow up for the occasion. It was <laughs> <laughs> um, best ever single piece of running advice you have been given or could give. I genuinely think it's connecting with people. So my first sort of training block, I was just very much on my own solo running. I was scared to sort of reach out. But as soon as I connected with people through Instagram, everything in my life just improved for the better. And so if you can, I would certainly recommend just reaching out, do run with people, reach out through Instagram. It's definitely, it's just been the best thing for me. I think that's brilliant advice. Ultimate post-run meal and drink for refuel. So for a food-obsessed person, I don't have an answer to the food one. <laughs> That's I, I know. Um, I don't what? think I don't think I found my the best thing yet. Um, I'm never really that hungry after after a long run, but I think that's probably because I eat throughout the whole run. I'm like uh-uh. about five bananas down or a peanut butter sandwich. So we're going with banana then. Banana, yeah. What, I'll have what about that. drink? Um, an Erdinger. Alcohol so free. Just <laughs> alcohol free. <or>, yeah. <laughs> it's really nice that one actually. One inspirational Instagram profile that you never skip by. Oh, uh, this has to be Al. Um, person Al Best is his handle. I don't know if you know him, but he is just brilliant, and he's so he's so funny, but he's so real as well, and he's he's very open about sharing his his um, mental health struggles as well. But his, his He's just quality, he's just entertaining, um, but just such yeah. a nice down-to-earth guy. 
his his content is fantastic. I've been following him for a while now as well. His his content is great, and he's one of those people you wish you lived a bit closer so that you could pull him into the fold. Because I think like that advice that you've given about connecting. There's so many people that I think he would get a lot from and give a lot to, and that so he needs to find his crowd as well. That's the the emancipated run crew people when they were on said find your tribe, and you, you know you want to take him, lift him, and let him say find your tribe because you've got so much to give there. His his stuff's great as well. Run with or without music, with and sing. <laughs> oh, run karaoke! I need to come back to that at the end here. I forgot to ask. How could I forget that? Favorite part run. Um, I don't have, I haven't done many park runs actually, but I tell you what, I do love Falkirk Park Run. I've done that a couple of times around Calendar Park um, and it's a nice hilly one. It's great. I've never done that <laughs> because it's a hilly one. I know, no wonder. Yeah. These people that say hilly park runs, I don't trust them. I don't know what's the matter with them. <laughs> um, that's only because we've never brought you to Shackley Park yet. That's on the agenda. I'll be there. Yeah, it has to be. Finish this sentence. I press play and run because because it makes me feel powerful. Um, yeah, has to be. That's that's a great answer. It never has to be any deeper than that. Now, before I ask you about your playlist track, I need to ask you about the run karaoke as well. You've started uh-huh. something here. Did you start it or did you see it somewhere? I I started it. I think um, and yeah. I didn't see it anywhere. Um, and I don't know what came over me today, but I just. So I started um, to for me to learn how to breathe. I was listening to to music that I knew all the words to, and I just started mouthing. And then I actually was like, "Oh, I, I don't get a stitch anymore." And um, so it's something that I've just always done is I listen to songs that I know all the the words to, and I just sort of mouth away and sort of sing. Um, and it was just one sunny summer's day last year, and it was like Eminem came on. And it was "Lose Yourself," and I was just totally feeling it. And then I was just like, I'm "Just gonna film myself singing this," and and it's just sort of spiraled off since then and um and it's been great to see other folks sort of taking on and it does make you feel so happy and um yeah I mr, just, uh, mr steve runs has elevated it to a whole new level with some of it, these rules that he's putting out it's like proper music video quality it's like i know it's it's unbel- so good. he's got like a, i'm sure he's got a director and a sound person <laughs> but how how are you managing to record that at the same time as mouthing the lyrics or are you just mouthing the lyrics because you know them then syncing it up i don't even understand how it works yeah, so this is the, the learning curve for anyone. So this means that everyone has to do it now because I've given out the, the tips here. Um, so you ha- if you're listening to the song while it's playing, you have to film through the Instagram film um, camera. So rather than film it while you're on your normal camera, because that will stop the music playing. But if you film it through the Instagram camera, the music still plays and then you just you save your video and then you can dub it over with your uh, with your music afterwards. Ah, genius. See, there's a trick of the trade. I did wonder how everybody was, was like, does everybody actually know all these lyrics and can stick to the rhythm of the tune at the same time? Because it was so it's so in time for some people. Uh, well, okay, I, I'm going to get on the bandwagon eventually. I promise I will. So that brings me to the last uh, order of business for us uh, as part of the, the conversation. As you know, we've got a press, play and run playlist which is for demented souls out there that don't like any sort of rhyme or reason to their playlist because it's our guest picks one song to add each week or every episode. I thought we were going to get a certain vibe of song when I started this. I thought we were going to get Dance Heaven. Far from it. It's as wild and varied. So, <laughs> Kayleigh, I'm going to ask you, what is your one track that you, that wouldn't come out the rotation that you wouldn't be without? 
and this is just going to add to the absolute monstrosity. Um, I don't even know if people know it, but it's Hocus Pocus by Focus. Um, do you know it? Hocus Pocus by Focus? Yeah. That, yeah. that doesn't even sound like it's real. <laughs> well, when you listen to it, you'd be like, what on earth has she done to us? It was um, my dad, growing up, he used to have uh, this like bumper album of greatest guitar hits of like rock anthems of all time. It was like the last song on CD3. <laughs> and I just, I've loved it ever since. And see, on a long run, when that comes out, it's just a belter. It's so good. Oh, I'm, I'm actually writing that down so I don't even need to go back and listen to what we said. Hocus Pocus by Focus. That's It, just, it sounds like something you made up on the spot. Um, <laughs> well, I will add that. Nothing can make it more of a monstrosity than it already is. So well, I'm just committing to the fact that it's the bit now. That's what it is. This is the kind of things people are listening to. So I will add that. But Kayleigh, all, all that's left is usually to say thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed meeting you at the Lululemon event. I was delighted that you could make it. But more so, I appreciate just the connection that I've been able to have with you over the last few months of, of getting to know you and seeing what you do for other people in the community. I think you really are like a kindred spirit for so many people that run. You're a positive presence and long may it continue. And I can't wait to see what becomes of those next steps because I think yours will be a profile for watching for growth. I can't wait to see it. Thanks so much, Ryan. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. So thank you for being so open as well about some tricky areas to discuss. And I hope it gives other people the confidence maybe to talk to those around them. If they're feeling some of those things, you know, you can always reach out to any of us in this community as well. They'll be at your back. You're never alone in going through any of these things that we do talk about. So please don't sit in silence. If you are struggling with something, reach out talk to us you don't have to spill your guts it's just making that connection sometimes it's easier than you think once you, you start and you open the, the dialogue up so Kayleigh thank you have a great day thanks so much bye thank you to you the listeners for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast you can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run Podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, press play and run. <laughs>